Welcome everyone to today's podcast episode. I'm thrilled to introduce our special guest today. Mr. Manik Arora, a 5th year law student at Symbiosis Law School, Pune, and an EBA researcher with a strong focus on international law, with a passion for unraveling complex legal intricacies. Mr. Manik will be sharing his perspectives on the current focal point of global concern, the ongoing conflict between Palestine and Israel. Get ready for an engaging discussion as we delve into the sensitive topic with our insightful guest, Mr. Arora. Hello, sir. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm good, Karnaka. How are you? All good, sir. Thank you so much for giving your time and talking on the topic, which is a lot talked, but still people prefer not to talk about. Right, right. But that's the importance of forums such as these, because these conversations need to take place, especially in countries which don't have a, a horse in the race per se. Like, for example, us here in India, we don't have a, a you know, a single uh, unitary focus in in the race, but it's still important to uphold values and to uphold standards in international law that we've all collectively agreed to. And that's what I think today's discussion should focus on. Uh, before I delve into the uh, conflict proper, uh, let's just lay down a couple of uh, you know uh, parameters for the discussion because it is an extremely complex point in both politics and law. Uh, uh, controversy aside, uh, it, it is complex both in its political and legal dimensions as it is, even without the controversy that surrounds, you know, talking about it. Now, uh, we can't cover the entire uh, conflict in one hour, never mind ten hours. So, we'll, we'll keep ourselves limited to the current conflict which isn't exactly a Israel-Palestine conflict so much as an Israel-Gaza conflict. Yeah, that's yes. Gaza being a very narrow strip of land uh, next to the Mediterranean, which if it were a part of Israel, would have made its uh, western coast. But uh, it is one of the most densely populated areas anywhere on the planet. Uh, spanning around two kilometers uh, in width, uh, it is and uh, it has ever since 2006, ever since Israel actually liberated uh, the Gaza Strip and removed its enclaves from that piece of land, it has been controlled in its entirety, whether that be uh, goods entering or leaving the strip or uh, people crossing into or out of the Gaza Strip, even food and supplies, everything has been controlled by the state of Israel. So uh, Gaza is this unique example of uh, uh, of a piece of land which the entirety of the world pretty much agrees has been akin to an open-air prison for the last uh, however many years, since 2006. Uh, but uh, of course it all came to a head uh, on October 7th with uh, the 
i think it's fair to say the terrorist organization that uh, rules uh, gaza ever since 2006 in fact when uh, they won an election there and there hasn't been uh, an election ever since known as hamas and hamas which is uh, which is an organization which is openly been um, uh, openly been in favor of removing israel from what they believe is uh, completely palestinian territory uh, with uh near genocidal intent uh they uh, infiltrated the barricades uh across gaza entered the villages of israel and uh, committed around 1400 murders and uh took around 200 uh, israeli citizens uh, hostage now those are the political facts given that i want to provide a little bit of legal analysis as well that's where my uh, i wouldn't call it expertise it's nowhere near that but uh, where my interest lies uh, in the laws of war and the laws of conflict better known as the geneva conventions and the hague conventions we have uh, very stringent and universally recognized not even one descendant universally recognized boundaries as to how warfare is to be conducted the taking of hostages the uh, unwanted murder of civilian targets and uh, the uh, threat to uh, you know the livelihoods of people purely because they belong to a certain Uh, nationality or a certain uh, sect or a certain ethnicity purely for that reason are all outlawed by the laws of war um uh, international humanitarian law as it's better called uh and as well as uh, the genocide convention uh, outlaw these practices uh, entirely and uh, therefore it is important to understand that yes there was a a a background to the uh, situation uh, gaza had been uh, barricaded it had been subjugated for a number of years it is true but w- what occurred on october 7th was a terror attack with genocidal intent and that is what prompted israel to uh, retaliate now the conversation at that time across the globe was okay israel has a right to defend itself this was a statement we heard over and over and over again from be it political leaders across the globe even uh, the un special rapporteurs anyone who wanted to speak on the topic had to begin by condemning hamas and accepting that israel had a right to exist and a right to defend itself however in today's day uh, we are recording this podcast on the 7th of january that marks uh, a good few months since 7th of october every single day has seen bombardment and uh, destruction of a scale that has not been seen in this world in 100 years what is happening in gaza right now is uh 
unconscionable truly unconscionable and i i truly believe the world needs to not only be aware of the fact but also realize the scale of the violence that is taking place i, I believe you had a question you wanted to pose i, I thought you did yeah i yeah, do uh you are talking like we are talking about gaza and israel we were in a very precise manner rather than palestine and israel so yeah. people still believe just the way you said a lot of damage has taken place not only in a material way but in the way of life as well and it has not only impacted only two countries that is palestine and israel but also i feel it has impacted around the globe no matter it's us india russia everybody somewhere or other has been impacted by it but uh, my question arises here don't you think that due to the history the things are taking place like this because somewhere or other both the country people have a lot of things a lot of grudges in their heart which is coming out in a devastating way although there is a control like there is legality there are options of um, treaties and other options but still they are choosing not to go by that rather than choosing to go with the help of a violence and the best example they can look is towards ukraine and russia that was a devastating war and the conclusion is is still nothing we don't have any conclusion about ukraine and is uh, ukraine and russia so what do you think about it is it history which is causing damage or it is might be there are the loopholes which are causing destruction but due to which people are choosing paths which should not be chosen at the earlier stage like when the war started but now the things are coming in a in a bit or i should say much in a legal way but previously things were outside everybody's control right so uh, a few things firstly the historical context of this the two states cannot be ignored if this conversation is to take place in a in an honest manner uh the the state of israel ever since its uh, you know establishment post the fall of the ottoman empire has seen uh zionist jews flocked to it because there were uh, historic sites which are uh, which hold extremely high religious significance to judaism within palestinian territory especially in jerusalem so the conflict between the the land conflict between the jews who believed and were prosecuted around the globe by the way both in uh, africa and in europe uh, they believed that they had a fundamental right to exist which is correct yeah. uh that right manifesting itself in the manner of a of an uh, uh, a zionist state uh, a, a, Ju- a state for jews a safe haven for jews is also a pretty noble concept on paper now the way that it has um, come to pass and the way that um, the occupants of that territory prior to uh, the zionist movement the palestinians becoming second grade citizens in their own land and gradually losing pretty much all of their territory even the west bank uh, 
which is the largest palestinian uh, led uh, territory in today's world has a number of illegal israeli settlements in so yes the historical context is extremely important and uh, a question that is often asked is what prompted hamas's attack on october 7 it was nothing but the historical con- uh, context of the conflict uh, hamas has wanted israel uh, to you know we wiped off palestine's map for uh, however many years since 2006 ever since it came to power and israel in turn has uh, you know uh, committed uh, collective punishment against every citizen uh, in gaza gaza uh, in fact is one of the, like i said one of the most densely populated territories on earth and 40% of gaza's population in today's day and age prior to the beginning of the uh, beginning of the conflict were children 40% that is extremely high 40% of 2.2 million were children so uh these are two entities in hamas and the israeli government who do not want each other to exist uh, a war like that probably would have come to pass uh, you know at at some point anyway that was not uh, you know a surprise to anyone but um uh, yeah but here we are in today uh, in today's day the the requirement today is not actually to end the war you, you cited ukraine as a as an example that war isn't over the hostilities remain it is just flattened out into a war of attrition which will eventually happen to any war in in the modern age and has happened with wars ever since uh, the beginning of mankind but what we need in today's day is a cessation of hostilities in gaza we need a ceasefire because um, the scale of humanitarian loss in gaza today is extremely high uh, a ceasefire um, was put to a, a vote in the united nations security council the world body which is designated to uh, cease such hostilities but of course it was vetoed by the united states of america being a very close ally of uh, israel ever since its uh, establishment and um why countries don't choose to go uh, or don't don't choose to comply with uh, international humanitarian norms is an interesting question now um it is one more thing yeah yeah please go there is one more thing i'm sorry to interrupt you in between uh we just the way you mentioned about ceasefire don't you think the ceasefire took place but due to some things that happened in gaza i'm not sure what were those things they attacked again to israel hamas attacked again on israel so that was a ceasefire that was bilaterally accepted so uh, the uh leaders of gaza and uh, israel sat down and they decided on a, a ceasefire which was pretty easy to see that it would be violated by one side or the other what is required is a more binding commitment so a, a unsc resolution what that would do is that would obligate the rest of the world 
to ensure that a ceasefire is enforced not just uh, signed on on paper but actually enforced it would make uh, it the world's problem and that's kind of what we need right now as much as we need to uh, you know uh, respect each country's sovereignty that's fine but there exists a principle in international law called the responsibility to protect if a sovereign cannot protect its own citizens against an aggressor the world has the responsibility to protect human life in that region and th- that's kind of where uh, we are right now with this conflict we need uh, a ceasefire which is binding we need a ceasefire that can be enforced and we need a ceasefire that if violated has actual uh, consequence on the violator so uh, we saw extremely uh, you know stringent sanctions on russia when it was the aggressor uh, in ukraine however we haven't seen anything of that sort uh, come israel's way um, so you know uh, look international diplomacy is a world of hypocrites every single nation will look at its own uh, you know its its own betterment before it will anyone else's but uh, as i said um, all of that needs to be swept aside for the moment and uh, the respect and the need to protect human life has to take paramount importance yeah but uh, there is one more thing a lot of countries i don't want to name the countries but a, there are a good amount of countries who have uh, you know announced that gaza sorry that hamas is a terrorist it's a terrorist body so they are not ready to indulge into a area which is dealing with the terrorist and life savings and everything because countries also want to you know save themselves if we talk about europe so we both know and even i guess the listeners also know europe countries are not really very big countries pretty small countries although they have they are having really good amount of gdps gnps everything is really good but still as compared to other countries like us uk also other countries of europe are not really big so what i feel somewhere or other they are also thinking that why should we get indulged indulge into it as they have some of them has already announced that it is a, a terrorist body what do you what you're you... right nations by themselves will never get uh, involved in a foreign conflict two world wars taught the world that that yeah. you, you cannot do that especially europe that's why the united nations exists though and that's why the security council exists it is its sole purpose maintaining peace across the globe now the only way that the security council can do that is if it passes a resolution and unfortunately the security council func- functions in a manner where there are five permanent members and each of them hold a veto uh, so even if one of the permanent members is to exercise their veto power the entire resolution has to be scrapped now and this veto veto is basically a a supreme vote of sorts so even if there are 
there are 196 recognized states in the world right now even if 195 were to vote for some resolution resolution xyz mm-hmm. uh, at the un security council but one of the five uh, permanent members uh, whether that be uh, the uk the us uh, russia china or, or france was to veto that resolution that resolution would not go ahead that's how strong the veto power is um so uh, the us being israel's closest ally has vetoed a ceasefire in gaza yeah even though the world community europe included absolutely uh, was for a ceasefire the the only thing that has been allowed uh, of that resolution that was tabled before the before the unsc is that humanitarian assistance in terms of uh, the food or the medicine that is being supplied to gaza increase yeah because even the water and electricity supply of this trip is handled by the israeli government that that's who controls uh, how water runs in gaza or how electricity runs in gaza and they shut that down also yeah. uh, illegal in international law by the way um so that's where we are at right now no country will get involved directly uh, even though some middle eastern countries are teetering on the edge right now whether that be hezbollah in iran or uh, the houthis in yemen or uh, beirut in uh, uh, lebanon they are all uh, countries that do not recognize israel who recognize the entire uh, piece of land where israel sits to be palestinian territory and uh, so it is a pretty delicate situation all across the middle east right now and it is equally important uh, for the world community to ensure that the war doesn't spread into a larger middle eastern conflict and at the bare minimum they can keep it uh, sealed to the little uh, area that it is in right now even though that needs to be seized immediately as well do you think will the war be emerged in other uh, middle east countries or african uh, countries or i should say africa continent i doubt it i doubt it because of the sheer uh, the sheer potency of arms and ammunition in today's world um the us uh, under uh, donald trump's presidency pulled out of a deal they had with iran where iran couldn't uh, couldn't form nuclear weapons for themselves in exchange for financial aid per year they pulled out of that deal so the world doesn't know if iran has nuclear weapons uh, israel certainly does as does uh, the usa so a larger middle eastern war could be a nuclear war and even the the mere mention of that should sh- send shivers down every listener's spine yeah, because absolutely. whatever you are saying even it is giving me a shock as well when exactly. that's of, that's the scale you. of conflict we are talking about right now because uh, so because of the sheer uh, loss that each party stands to suffer i don't think we will see direct hostilities uh, you know spread 
however we will continue to see this uh, sort of proxy warfare where iran uh, supplies weapons and aid to gaza and uh, the us uh, continues to supply aid and ammunition to israel and this proxy warfare these tensions will continue to rise but i doubt if we'll see uh, a full blown middle eastern war i think that would be far too devastating for far too many countries i just hope that should not take place yes because, uh, it- I don't know maybe my statement is not that much fruitful which I will give but still I will just try to sum up what I feel I just feel that there is no need for wars I know it's a very kiddish statement you must be hearing but I don't know because what I have being a humanities student also I have seen one thing wars are the main cause of every destruction which take place around the globe and it never comes out with a very fruitful you know award or with a very fruitful idea it mostly comes with a lot of destruction devastating situation and the most and the crucial is lives and somewhere or other i feel that people should you know they should elite themselves they should stand for their own self rather than and they should stand for each other despite the fact of religion caste creed sex anything because somewhere or other we also know the war started because of the religious issues in many early days which is now causing harm to the lives of a month year old 10 day year old 60 year old or 80 year old and the mid age though we all know about it so that is what my thinking i know it's a very kiddish thinking everybody would say i'm sure you must be also thinking that it's no. a most kiddish thinking i But think if everyone true. was to adopt this kiddish thought we would be in a much better place because you're right it is a futile endeavor war uh, in general it's a completely futile endeavor and the scale of uh, loss of life and livelihood that we're looking at we we are potentially talking about two genocides having taken place one committed by hamas and one currently being committed by uh, israel uh, so genocide is known as the crime of crimes yeah. in international law that's that's how uh, that's how vigorous it is that's how uh, bone chilling it is but yeah. we are talking about two potentially having taken place in the span of 3 to 5 months so um as i as i've been repeating over and over we we need an end to hostilities and we need it right now yeah that's really true and there is you know one statement which i can just recall it's i i read it somewhere on gurdwara there was before being a sikh christian muslim or a hindu first be a human because yeah. that's the biggest religion above all that's what i think and i hope that's what even you think and one thing is that about the war if we come back to our topic is i feel somewhere other don't you think it is getting related to the germany nazism which took place where hitlers where hitler used to you know kill jewish and he performs this genocide kind of genocide with them 
and some with other i feel that they are taking revenge with palestinians on the same issue so it's interesting that you point out uh, germany because nazi germany again plays uh, an important uh, role in the historical con- context of the conflict uh it was the persecution in both uh the middle east the muslim world and in europe that kind of forced uh the hands of jews to you know unite and to form a safe haven for themselves that's how the zionist movement began uh the it has kind of been corrupted uh in the sense that uh you know israel now wants to completely wipe off uh, palestine which existed uh, in the in the territory prior to those jews uh, seeking refuge there but uh, but yes the the holocaust and the horrors of it do play an important role in the historical conflict because uh, even the october 7th attack by hamas reminded jews around the world that if they don't have a safe haven if they don't have an israel this could happen to them anywhere across the world yeah. and they wouldn't be able to defend themselves so um uh you know that that fuels the zionist fire even further now mm-hmm. of course rationality has to uh you know prevail in all of uh this madness but uh yeah um it is a terrible situation right now um and uh, another parallel we could probably make to the holocaust is the loss of life we are seeing in gaza right now is second only to the horrors of world war 2 there hasn't been a war in between that then and now which has seen destruction on this scale that's saying quite a lot we've seen a lot of armed conflict in those uh, 70 80 years yeah so yeah uh, we have to hope for a cessation of violence yeah and there is one thing which i wanted to ask you what do you think would be the future like do you think will it come to an end soon or do you think it will still go beyond and beyond and somewhere or other we will see the same situation like russia and ukraine people will talk they will talk and at a time will come where people would be like okay now this matter is no more for us this what we have seen in russia and ukraine despite the fact the war was biggest to be really honest because we have seen a loss of life we have seen loss of universities and everything in ukraine people were not ready and ukraine is not that strong country as compared to israel or palestine somewhere or other but still people decided to talk they talked for 6 months 7 months i still believe i was one of the person who used to post a story in favor of ukraine and a time came where i was also like okay fine now what every day i should do how how much money will i send to the refugees also and i'm just worried that point should not come with gaza and israel because life of both the countries matter the most correct and and you're right it's it's human nature to move on after a point in time and i think that has already started to take place with this current conflict i do, i don't see the kind of fervor and the kind of outrage that i used to see uh, a couple of months back at the beginning of the conflict 
uh, right now whether that be on social media or in uh, you know circles or forums such as these so it's important that we keep the uh, conversation at the forefront because it is quite frankly uh, the most important conversation to take place uh, at this moment in time if you're talking about international relations uh, and geopolitics this is the talking point and uh, and it should be because the day the world loses interest is the day that we see gaza wiped off the map and that's what israel wants you ask me what i think the eventual conclusion is honestly i don't know because it's pretty impossible to predict whether the world community would be successful in uh, tying israel's hands uh, seems unlikely given the unwavering support they receive from the biden administration and um i don't think they're going to wake up one day and realize that they are murdering civilians and just stop because that would have happened long ago already yeah. so uh, i think the future looks a little bit bleak to be honest with you for the time being but uh, uh, i i just hope that uh, hope prevails I so, hope to the same, and I just hope the war comes to an end because just the way I said, according to my perception, war never comes with any fruitful cause. It always causes destruction, devastating, and everything. And why are we looking for two countries? We, being a history student, in history also we have seen no matter it was Mughal, British. Rajputis, anybody, any community, when they warred for getting territory, when they warred for getting uh, expansion in their kingdom, that causes that caused destruction only, because a lot of people died. A lot. Okay, so in Rajasthan we have a function of Johar, in which a live woman comes to fire and she accepts fire and she burn out. that is what happening indirectly in palestine or in israel because there are a lot of people who are losing their husbands who are losing their brothers who are losing their fiances as well what women's will do like and there are a lot of men who are losing their wives who are losing their girlfriends who are losing their sisters who are losing their fiances we have to maintain balance i feel and to maintain a balance we really really need somewhere or other peace which i should come which should come really very soon and yeah that's it do you want to say something no no you summed it up pretty well there that <laughs> that is what is required uh, i would just be repeating myself at this point I, i i if there is one message that listeners take from this podcast it would be uh be aware be aware of the conflict be aware of the history behind the conflict yeah. and uh because of, with awareness comes pressure whether that be direct or indirect your your social media posts count the yeah. fact that you keep the conversation alive counts that can only happen with awareness so uh as long as we have people in the know we will always have people demanding an end to hostilities and restoration of peace so uh for the listeners if if there's anything you take away from this podcast let it be that there is an unconscionable war taking place in the middle east 
and it is all of our responsibilities to try and bring it to an end that's that's pretty much it okay so we'll give one last question no we'll give sec- uh, last question to manik how did you feel on the podcast how was your experience on the podcast lovely lovely i i quite enjoyed myself uh, very comfortable environment uh, to speak my mind uh, and the fact that uh, you know you have a forum where uh, controversial topics can be discussed openly and truthfully is important uh, and uh, i'm very grateful to you for that so thank you for having me on i really enjoyed my time thank and you so much for coming thank you thank you so much kelly it's my pleasure to have you and to all the listeners that's it for the day for more updates i urge you to kindly stay tuned with the newses which are coming bbc al jazeera are one of the best ones to go ahead with and do listen to the podcast i hope you find it fruitful for yourself maintain peace maintain peace at your house also because that is also required for your mental health and lots of love lots of regards to you and your family stay safe stay happy and i'll see you guys very soon in the next podcast bye bye